Hey church, it's me, Pastor Thomas, and... I'm Jesse. Well, you're supposed to say Jesse. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We'll just do it better next time. Anyways, hi everybody. Glad you guys are here. Uh, we love you all. We're really grateful that we get to preach a, 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 a good uh, chunk of this a whole sermon series we're doing. Uh, three pillars, heart for the house, but in more of the marriage section. Uh, last week, Eric and Tina talked about their marriage vows, and I thought that was so incredible. At our small group, we actually went around and we talked about marriage vows, and we, uh, uh, some of us who were single wrote them to our future spouses, and those of us who are married uh, wrote new ones, things that, that we had decided upon that, that, that we want to start acting on now in our marriage. Um, please, every single sermon that comes out, uh, like, share, and subscribe it on YouTube and on Facebook, and apply them to your life, sincerely. Amen? Like, I've been super blessed. How, how about you? No, I honestly, I think it's kind of messed up that we have to go after Tina and Eric. I feel like it was a setup because uh, it was it was just really good. So, encourage you to watch it if you guys haven't watched it. Yeah, they have such an uh, just they have such an incredible dynamic. It was so much fun to watch. It's just a a good seasoned you know ironclad couple that's been through it and they're stronger and they're just on the other side of many of these issues. So when they face new issues, they know that they can get through them too. And just watching them just be two people who enjoy each other. But, you know, just like put together. Yeah, that's that's stuff that we'll that we'll, that we'll, that we'll talk about more. Um, so Jesse and I have been married for almost four years now. Uh, it's been incredible. Uh, we really didn't date very long. Um, Jesse liked me for a while, but what's crazy is uh, in the beginning I liked her, and then she liked me, and it was always flip flop, flip flop, flip flop, and then I just kind of stopped liking her, and then I really felt like God spoke to me, but I didn't know that nine months before me and her started dating, God had spoken to her in a dream about me that I would be her husband and then I was off being an idiot and hurt her feelings a few times and then God clearly spoke to me that hey like you need to go after her so I did and we dated really quick and dating ended really quick and we were fiancés and then we months. got married yeah yep. whole process took nine months but I recommend if you feel like God's leading you to go to somebody um, and has a dream, they will think you're crazy. Do not tell them until you know that it's God. Because I didn't tell him. I'm like, he's going to think I'm a crazy psycho person. If I tell him, I had a dream and God told us we're supposed to be married, he would have thought I was crazy. I did not tell him about the dream until he actually asked me out. So just be 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 wise. I, there's a guy I, I used to, um, he was my youth leader for a little while. Uh, his name was is Tyshawn Roland. He's a youth pastor over at Jensen Franklin's church now. And uh, he, he always said this thing. He said, hey, the right person at the wrong time is mm -hmm. the wrong person. And I completely agree with that. It doesn't matter if, man, I'm going to get married to that person. You have no idea what God's yeah. plans were. I met Jesse when I was 17 years old. And five years later, me and her started to date. Mm -hmm. Right? And because of my impatience, I made mistakes along the way. But if I had just held on... For five short, five years is really honestly nothing in life. Like I, you can accomplish so much. We're we're going to talk more about that. Um, our sermon today is called Four Seasons. Um, we're and it, we're going to talk about the four stages of life when it comes to relationships with someone of the opposite sex. Uh, we're a Bible believing church, and we believe that um, God created a relationship between man and woman, mm -hmm. and so that's where we're teaching from. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, yeah, I don't I, I don't want to share too much of it right now, but um, it, it, I just wanted to uh, be okay that we're just gonna have a just a bit of a conversation today. You know, I really love what Eric and Tina did last week. I thought that the, the dynamic was incredible. So we're just gonna 
talk. We're going to talk, okay? And Amelia's here, uh, which I feel sorry for her because she's going to listen to all of our nonsense <laughs> for a little while. And None of it's really nonsense because everything we're going to say is absolutely amazing, okay? It's amazing, okay? We're going to own it, all right? It's amazing everything that we're going to say, okay? And a lot of the stuff we learned because we did it wrong and figured it out <laughs> that it was better the other yeah, way, okay? A little bit, like a, a good chunk of it, though. Enough of it. Enough of it to be rough. But um, we're only going to read a little bit of scripture today, and then we're, we're just going to talk a lot about things, talk about it from a godly mindset, from experience. Um, but we're, we're going to start off with a verse right now. It's First uh, Peter chapter 3. It's one of the, the famous marriage verses in the Bible. Uh, we're, uh, we're, we're not going to read all of it. We're going to read verses 1 and 2. Jesse's actually going to read those. And then I'm going to read verse 7. So, babe, if you want to go ahead and start that off. Reading out of the ESV, uh, the Bible's going to pull up. Amelia's going to take care of us with that. All right, so 1 Peter uh, chapter 3, 1 and 2. Uh, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives, when they see your respect and pure conduct. So, babe, what, when you read this, what jumps out at you? So, when I read the scripture, what I truly believe God's speaking is, be who God's called you to be as a wife, regardless of how your husband is being and so regardless if they're being good or bad but you as a christian as a wife um, you're called to good conduct to good character to be the woman god's called you to be and to be faithful to that yeah absolutely i i, I think when i read that, that i think that that would also go into um a bit of the man's side we actually see that mirrored in first corinthians um chapter seven i believe where Paul talks about it, hey, like if you're married to someone who's an unbeliever, don't divorce them. If they want to leave, yeah. let them leave, right? But basically, if you get saved and your spouse isn't saved, you don't divorce them. You you continue to live righteously, right? And and it will bring them into the kingdom, right? It's oh, a yeah. biblical promise. We've seen it many times. Pastor John talks about the fact that his father wasn't a believer, but his mother was. And that through his mother's good conduct, his father on his deathbed gave his life to Jesus Amen. Christ. And that's an, an incredible, yeah. incredible testimony right there. Yeah, you just don't... You don't know what God's doing. Um, and if you're the one as a wife that's causing the issues or, and even if you are angry, rightfully so, you should not act in those ways. You just have to go to God and say, God, I want to be the Christian you called me to be, being the example. And you don't know what God's doing through that when you're faithful to what God's called you to be, being faithful to your husband, um, to your spouse, regardless, God can use that he can do anything through that but he's called us to faithfulness regardless of what you're going through yeah absolutely and now I, i'm going to jump down to verse seven which is uh for what the husbands likewise husbands live with your wives in an understanding way showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered Lots of things going down in here. I did a lot of breakdown in the original language for this verse uh, a little while ago. So it talks about, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. When you live with the women, right, you need to understand. Well, no one can understand a woman. Then take time and listen to what they have to say. Understand uh, how their day works. Understand things that affect them, right? Like, under, I have to understand who Jesse is, right? I can't treat her like one of the guys. I did for a while in our relationship, and that hurts your feelings, didn't it? Like, she's cool. She's my best friend. But then I do certain things, and it hurts her feelings. Why? Because she's not a dude. She's a girl. She's a woman. She's, as the Bible would call it right here, right? Showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. 
Now, why would you honor something that's weak? Well, that's not exactly what it's saying here. It's saying it's more fragile. What does that mean? It means that, uh, and I'm gonna say this, people might say, oh, you're sexist. I really don't care what people say about me at this point. Women are a lot more fragile in their emotions, right? Like, whereas guys, we compartmentalize things, we put things in a box, we store it away somewhere else, it festers and grows and becomes something destructive in our lives, and we have to go back and fix it then, right? With a lot of women, a lot of these things rise to the surface or it shatters or it comes through a lot of different things. And we don't understand where a guy can push it off, even though he shouldn't. Uh, women, a lot of times, things hurt them in ways that it doesn't hurt a guy. And so we have to honor them, right? That they carry a lot of burden in this relationship and it affects them in a way that doesn't affect us. I have to honor my wife in that. And furthermore, going forward, it says that they are heirs with us in the grace of life, right? In, in, in the anointing that God has given us, in the call and the pursuit of Jesus Christ. My wife is an heir with me. Here and now, she's subservient to me as a, as, a, as a wife is to her husband, right? And she wants to do that, right? Just as the church is subservient to Christ. Not saying I'm God, but I'm a representation. She's a representation of the church. It's, it's very biblical, right? But, but, but what's going on here is that in eternity, the Bible says that all of us are sons of God and all of us are the bride of Christ. So what does that mean? At the end of the day, Jesse and I have the same position in heaven. Mm -hmm. And going forward, it says, so that your prayers may not be hindered. I used to think, oh, that's not what it's saying. And I looked in there and, and hindered. That word in the Greek is legitimately cut off. God will not hear your prayers. That scared me. I thought, no, that's not the grace-filled Jesus I know. Well, apparently, I don't know the grace-filled Jesus, right? Or <laughs> maybe this grace-filled Jesus I know isn't the Jesus the Bible preaches of, right? A lot of times, you have to check your theology and you have to change it. Good. Here and now, I see God is willingly not listening to what you have to say until you get your heart right, all right? And that is not a hateful thing. That is not a vengeful thing, even though vengeance is the Lord's. It is a thing that a parent does to their child. When they're nagging and they're nagging and they're nagging, they're acting wrong and they're not making things right, they do not listen to them anymore. They do not give them what they want. God is not going to listen to my prayers until I do what he has called me to do, and that is love and honor my wife and care for her. Yeah. You gotta see how um, this relationship and how valuable it is to God. That he's like, look, I'm not even going to listen to you if you don't make this right. Because it mirrors the relationship between Jesus and the church. Like, this is so important to God. And so we have to do everything the best that we can um, to come together in unity. Yeah. But, um, so that was heck of an intro. We just really <laughs> wanted to talk about that. I, you know me, whenever I talk about scripture, I always, I always talk a lot about it. But... Um, we want to move forward into more of what our sermon title is, which is four seasons, right? It's the four seasons of relationship or the four steps or the four stages, the four whatever, but four seasons sounded a, sounded a lot nicer, right? Isn't that Frankie Valley? Yes. Yeah, Frankie Valley and the four seasons, you know what I mean? Yeah, see? So we're making it not really relevant anymore because I don't know if people listen to him anymore. Uh, but there's a hotel named Four Seasons. Thank you, Amelia. Look, I'm just making plugs. Oh, Amelia agrees to, well, she doesn't agree to everything. She's so anyways, um, so let's, 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 let's talk about these stages in life. Stage one, singleness. All right. It, singleness, I, I, I know Jesse agrees with me, is super important. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was single, which was for much, most of my life, right? I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with a girl until I was 19 years old, right? So there's 19 years of my life. It was not a whole lot. This that you see before you, whatever your opinion of it may be, this that you Perfect. see before you was riddled with zits and greasy hair. I still nasty. thought he was cute. I had braces. I thought he was hot. I, I had a lot of times where I wouldn't 
brush my teeth a lot. That's I wouldn't shower good. all the time. Uh, I was incredibly insecure. I was whiny. I was, oh my God, I was such a, just awful, right? And I was like, what's wrong with women? And it's like, well, it, it might be you, <laughs> you know? like, And that's just kind of how I lived my life. It wasn't until I started working out, taking care of myself, dressing better, getting more confident, you know, really yeah. kind of working towards these things that uh, it was like, okay, like, maybe, maybe there's a little bit more to this guy. He's not such a... Um, well, I'm not going to say what I would say about myself, but um, so I despised it. I, I consistently was like, I just want to get out of this single boat. You know what I mean, babe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you? For me, when I was single, I was not saved until I was 15, and I did it completely wrong. Um, let's just say that I did it completely wrong until I finally did get saved, and then it took me a couple years to actually um, just be faithful to God. Honestly, being single is your um, steps into marriage. Even if you're not planning to be married at all, but still you being single is supposed to be that time for God. It is very important for you to stay faithful to him. But finally at 18, click the light on and I said, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to kiss anybody. I'm not going to date anybody until I'm with my future husband until I was 22. Um, so that's what, like five years? I waited. Yeah, baby, you were 22 when we got married. When we started dating. I was 22. Yeah. Weren't you like 23? I don't know. I, don't know. I married an older woman. She's like a year and a half older than me. I don't look older. Yeah. She doesn't sound older either. I'm the like really, really, really grumpy one. And she's the really happy, bright one. Thank you. So are you. I love you. Um, so that really brings us to our first kind of point. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to singleness... Don't try to jump out of the single boat. We, we actually yes. have a verse for it that Jesse wants to read. She, she really had this verse on her heart. But don't jump out of the single boat. Don't do whatever you can to get out of the boat. Go ahead, babe. All right. So. 25, 23, right? All right. Matthew 25, verse 23. Let me get to it. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Um, his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Um, I know you guys have probably heard many sermons about the scripture, but I really want to focus in on faithfulness. Faithfulness to the Lord. If we can't be faithful to what God's called us to being single, why do you think that you will be faithful when you're married? That's putting a lot more on your plate. You are called to be faithful to the Lord. Don't despise that because God's going to give you more when you're faithful to the Lord. Don't um, miss out on the opportunity that God's giving you to be single. God's teaching you something. Everything that um, he puts you through is for a purpose and for a season and for a reason. Stay faithful to what God's called you to in your singleness. It took me a long time to finally get there, but I... From the person that I was before I was saved, even when I was saved, until I finally clicked at 18, um, God transformed me. I didn't even know I couldn't date somebody until he finally was like, you need to let go. You need to um, stop looking for your uh, desires in people and men and look for your desires in me. And when you come into a marriage, how important that is because you're going to get disappointments. Things are going to come up. But when you are faithful to the Lord, that teaches you how to stay faithful through the hard times to your spouse. And it's good. God says that this is good, and he will reward you for your faithfulness. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we got married, right, I, I thought, like, man, that's just it. You know, like, uh, a lot of Christian guys, they just want to get married because, you know, they just... Um, it's good to want to get married. No, but they just, you know... <laughs> 
you know, they want something, okay? Um, you know, and then, uh, but, but, but what I found when I got married was like as amazing as it was, right? Um, a lot of things were unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Jesse could not fulfill things for me. Why? Well, that leads us to our next portion of singleness. Don't try to find your affirmation in a person, yeah. find it in God. My affirmation was still not found in Christ. My affirmation was trying to be found in a woman thinking that I was worth something. And it's nice to have someone who finds you valuable, finds you desirable. But at the end of the day, that person cannot yeah. be your rock and your foundation. They just can't be. They're fickle. Amen. Right? You wake up next to them. Their breath smells, right? They have to shower. You know, they may blow up the bathroom when you want to go use it. You know, they just got a lot of problems, you know. Uh, but another thing, when it comes to bouncing a checkbook, they're going to fail at that. When it, when it, when it comes with a agreeing on what to eat for that. They're going to fail on that. When it comes to how do you want to raise a kid, right? You guys may have a disagreement on that. That's the thing we're going to talk about later, right? When it comes with uh, certain things with parents, in-laws, mm-hmm. work, um, certain jokes, right? Certain things, certain ways you live, uh, leaving your clothes on the floor or leaving dishes in the sink or uh, watching TV show when you haven't spent time and talk. You know, there's all these mm-hmm. things and, and it's just, it's so unfulfilling unless you have Christ in the middle Amen. of that. And honestly, that's with everything. Sometimes we think that, oh, we'll get into this place. I'll feel so fulfilled when I um, get this promotion or when I become a pastor or when someone actually notices the things that I'm doing. And it's just not true. Every season of our life, it has to point back to God. Um, Only God can satisfy us. And every season of our life, I feel like I have to go back to that mindset of like, oh, that made me feel good for like two seconds. And I'm like, man, why why doesn't that fulfill me anymore? It's like course i i need to go back to god i need to go back to knowing that he only satisfies me yeah and, and that leads us to the final section of singleness which is <laughs> stop trying to find the right person and be the right person Lord. like that's the incredible thing right is um i i, I love uh, uh, uh there's a pastor what the heck is his name carl Lentz, thank you he's like <laughs> super famous pastor but when i was 17 right and all i wanted was just to be with someone i was hopeless romantic and it wasn't you know wasn't going to happen to me for a while. He preached a sermon on, hey, when you're chasing after Jesus, don't worry about being with someone else. Just chase after Jesus. Every once in a while, stop, right? Look around. Notice people who are around you. Notice people who have stuck it out. And then put your head down and keep running. And then stop, look around, see who's still there. Certain people still there from before? Cool. Put your head down, keep running. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, right? Keep chasing after God. And look for the people around you who are also chasing after God, right? And that would be a great indication of the person you should be with, right? It's the person who also loves the Lord, the person who's also dedicated to the Lord, the person whose focus is also the Lord. And in that whole process, the both of you are focusing on being the right person, on being the person God has called you to be. Amen. Amen. If Jesse and I had started dating when we first met, it would have made it harder for us to date now. Yes. Like, sincerely, that is actually true. So I thank God that it didn't work out yes, for us completely. for a while. I that think that was 18. He tried yeah. to kiss me. I bought him French fries. I was also 18. And I think she was 19 at the time. Maybe. Yeah. I didn't I, I, didn't, I didn't try to kiss her. She just, I was having a really rough day. So she went to go buy me try. fries from a food truck. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting down on the curb. We were eating fries together. I looked over at her. And I was just like, I just really wanted to kiss her, but I didn't. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, See, I didn't, I didn't think it was right. In story. Yeah. I guess I kind of just blurred it out. Yeah. Like, and you also said, you, you also said it inaccurate. You're like, he tried to kiss I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He did Like, I was just like, hey, pretty mama. You know, like, just rolled in there and it's like, <laughs> who are you? Leave me alone. No, no and that's and not it was really so what was purely happening. innocent. I was just like, 
so happy because I just came from a conference and obviously they only had a, like three maintenance guys and I know they set up all the chairs and I saw Thomas sitting there I was like oh you know what I'll buy him french fries it was just a kind gesture it wasn't I did think he was cute but it was a kind gesture it wasn't any ulterior I was motives. on my way you know I was starting to get out of all the all the you know starting to get out of the the uggo range or it, that's Ms. purely Amber, subjective people might look at me and go wow you you're saying you got out of it and i'm like <laughs> my mom thinks i'm handsome right and she also had a had a child with me so all right so anyway stop trying to find the right person sorry yeah stop trying to find the right person be the right person Amen. and that brings us into dating right so you finally found someone Woo! who likes you mm-hmm. you want to be with them they want to be with you all right Romantic. but there's some issues with this and we're going to go ahead and talk about it um for me i just dated the first girl who i felt like actually liked me right and that was when i was 19 years old and uh that was a whole big issue because here's the thing i i i think the only positive thing that came out of my relationship with that girl was that i gained a lot of confidence about myself because i thought another person liked me but that is not necessary Amen. i could have found confidence in christ so I made a mistake, I ran after it, and I went for someone who was not right for me, did not want the same things as me, did not want to chase after the same things as me, right? And and, and it wasn't until I really started going after Jesse, right, that I found a woman who wants the same things as me. She wants to raise the same kind of family as I do. She wants the same environment. Uh, she, she thinks about things similar to me, not the exact same, but similar enough, right? Uh, it's just all these things, right? She, she, she said, I'm... I, I, I want to help you achieve your dreams and I want to help you achieve your goals, right? Like that's the thing that she said to me. And it's like, okay, cool. This is incredible. Here's a person who wants to run with me, person who wants to be my helpmate. And it was just a completely different atmosphere. And, and so I think that there's, there's, there's good dating and then there's bad dating. And I'm, we're going to go into a couple things that, we, that, we, that we're going to say about here. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just get into it. Uh, well, everything before Christ, even the couple years until I finally got right, dating was awful it's not a good thing honestly just wait until god tells you or you really feel on your heart this is the person you're supposed to be with but um yeah it is um yeah no uh, so 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 basically uh we want to run into three criteria when when it comes to dating um so so this is point two dating and uh our first section of dating is don't be with someone who wants you to compromise who you are in god yes all right, now this is the thing with morals, right? If you're dating a person who does not believe in the same things morally as you, you're going to have problems. Yeah. And this is going to range beyond dating. I know someone would go, but Pastor Thomas, she's fine. You know, it's like, I'm sure she is. She's I'm sure she she's is. Or it's like, but he's so dang. It's like, I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure. But after a while, these feelings... And these looks, it all fades. You get used to it. Once you've seen each other enough times in a certain context, it's like, eh, you know, like it, it just gets that way, right? Oh, yeah. it, it, and it doesn't have to be that way. There, there, there's, there's obviously still excitement, yeah. but there's just this level of it's not what it was when it first started. Mm-hmm. And you can't have these emotions that are there at the beginning be the thing that carries oh, you through. Totally. You have to have a solid foundation. Part of this foundation is morals part of this foundation is do you believe in jesus right i'm talking to an audience right now i don't know if all of you are christian but if you are christian why are you dating someone who is not christian and you will not lead them to the lord 
or bring them closer to God. If they even have just, they believe in God, they don't go to church, you won't bring them closer. They can't have a relationship with the Lord through you. It won't happen because once things start going bad with you and this person, there's nothing there's no reason to get closer to god it just i've seen it a million times Same. i tried it after i got um saved and i was dating before i turned 18 it just does not work and then you're miserable they don't look forward to the same things you look forward to their excitement for the love of christ is not the same your dreams aspirations uh, morals even and then it's going to get harder when you get married and i'm not saying if that happened to you and you are now married to a person um, that does not believe in God. God can do anything, but look, his, save his yourself word, the heartache. His word promises that if you're married to an unbeliever, mm -hmm. that through your conduct, they will be saved. But mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, marrying an unbeliever makes it harder because you guys will not agree on the same issues. Now, if someone says, yeah, but the Bible says don't divorce an unbeliever, cool. Yeah. If you're a believer and you're dating an unbeliever, don't marry the unbeliever. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're not sharing the same principles as you. Um, but going on to our second point here with dating. Be with someone who actually likes you. I, I see it all the time. Guys go after these girls who just are just looking. yeah, incredibly good looking. And these guys just want to be with the girl. There's a word out there for guys like that kind of. Um, you know, and, and there's all this thing going on there. And the girls don't like a single thing about the guy. But they just like that the guy will do anything for them, right? Yeah. And then, and then these girls, on the other hand, the guy doesn't like anything about their personality. They just like their looks. And there's no friendship going on yeah. in the relationship. Then they get married and then it, it crumbles after a few years. Seen it a ton of times. They will get married to their high school sweethearts. Ends up falling apart. They meet someone in college. They get married. Ends up falling apart. It's just all these things. The relationship isn't based on anything else. You need to find someone who actually looks at you and says, I like you. I think I could sit on a couch and me and Jesse, when we were dating, we watched through a, a, a Dragon Ball Z, like the we entire first season. Four. And then we were four. On our, on our, but I love Dragon Ball Z. On our honeymoon, we watched the, through the entire second season. <laughs> In a week, we just had a lot of fun. We, uh, she told me to buy a video game that I wanted, and you know, she told me to buy it. We sat down, we played it, we had a good time. Uh, we go to Barnes and Noble all the time. We go walking around places. We've gone on hikes yeah. several times. Um, I'll watch her British cooking shows with her because that's what she loves. And I, I hate most cooking shows, but I actually really like the Great British Baking Show. It's actually a lot of fun. But you know, we have yeah. a friendship, and it, you should date someone who actually likes you. Oh yeah. Not someone who tolerates you. What kind of a life is that? Yeah. You enjoy being around them. And also you got to think of, you have work, you have family, you have all these people that are surrounding you that it's so easily to bog down your day. You want to be with someone at the end of the day you actually enjoy being with. Do you like this person? Do you have fun with them? Like you're going to spend the rest of your life with them. Like at least know that you want to. Like it, this is yeah. the criteria. Do you like being with them? That should be in your mind to know maybe I can marry them. I like being with them. Yeah. It's very important. Like a great friendship, right? Just, just, uh, but, but that leads us into our final section of dating. Date with a purpose. Yes. People say, man, you can't be so controlling, right? I think it's good to date. Um, and, and I know when I push back against that, people say, well, it's just because you didn't really get to. I did. It really only hurt my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Date with a purpose. Amen. When Jesse and I got together, we started talking. We told each other that we liked each other. And then I think two days later, we sat down and we had a real talk. Mm -hmm. And we talked about our relationship. We were had been dating for like two days. And in our relationship... Uh, we looked at each other and, 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 and I said, I want this to end in marriage. 
She said, so do I. Cool. And then I said, cool, I want kids. She said, so did I. And I said, okay, cool. I want four kids. So I was raising a family of four. She says, well, I want five kids. And I said, okay, cool. We've had one. We're talking it down to three. So <laughs> it might be less. We had a purpose. We decided we wanted the day because we said, hey, I might actually marry this person. Yes. And then we decided, hey, you know what? God spoke to me about you. I, I, I want to get married to you. And we let it play out. And um, it's been awesome ever since. Yeah. Well, also I prayed when I was praying for who I wanted to be with. I asked Lord, I do not want to play games. I don't want to play games. I don't want this whole back and forth. I don't want this long dating because I wanted to get married. I wanted to be who I was supposed to be with. Um, and yeah, like day two, he told me he liked me. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That was just a, more of an indicator. Obviously, I felt like God was leading me towards him before he even said anything. I did not say anything to him until he told me he liked me. But I just wanted someone up front, knew what he wanted. And it was just like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, I don't have to play games. I don't have to go back and forth if you like me or not because he told me he did. It was wonderful. Yeah. No, and honestly, before you even date, you guys should spend some time getting to know each other, just talking here and there, like actually seeing if this is a person you could actually be friends with. But when you start to date, date with a purpose. When you, Guys, when you're going to go ask that girl out, ask that girl out because you say, I can actually see myself marrying her. Mm-hmm. Women, if you accept going out on a date with a guy... Accept it in the sense of, hey, you know what? I can actually see myself marrying you, right? Like, have purpose behind it. If there's no purpose behind it, there's no godly purpose behind it, you leave it open to compromise. And compromise is sin. And when you sin with each other, if it doesn't work out, you've just done something that was never your right to do. It was someone else's right to do as their future husband or as their future wife. And it's just the thing to think about is uh, a lot of times, especially young people, Scott, especially me, like... I, I, I still go through it, but like, especially when I was younger, it's just this whole thing of here and now, here and now, here and now, here and now. Everyone's like, you got to live in the moment. I get that. But you never think about what your actions yeah. could cause, the destruction you could wage in another person's life. And you have to think about these things. A lot of us younger people have not been taught that properly, but we are in a, a, we are in a day and age where we can learn that. And we have to take responsibility for the things that we don't know because we have the opportunity to, with the supercomputer at the touch of our fingers, known as yeah. a cell phone, we can do almost anything. We can learn almost anything. We have to take responsibility for these things and we need to ask questions, ask people questions. I think that's the number one bit of advice we can give you ask people questions people with a failed marriage asking questions people with a good marriage asking questions people who have had two failed marriages and one good marriage ask them questions people who have mm-hmm. never been married well i don't know maybe not asking questions asking questions <laughs> about something else right ask questions yeah. if you are ignorant it is generally your own fault people will mm-hmm. blast that back all you want cool you are in a place in america where you can learn almost anything ask mm-hmm. questions yeah. But now let's move on to our third one because we are we are going on pretty long. We have our two more points, which is married is point three. Married. The best one. And just right out the gate, have fun and be friends. That is the number one lesson Jesse and I have learned. 
when we're fighting, when we're unhappy, it's because we've taken no time to connect. Mm -hmm. We've taken no time to joke and laugh and go on a date and walk around GVR or it's in the middle of a quarantine. We don't care. We go wherever the heck we want. We put our mask on because we have to. I'm not saying mask are bad. I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we do everything that we're supposed to do, okay? We do everything that we're supposed to do and we still make time for each other and we connect as friends. Mm -hmm. We have shared interests. We are friends and we like being with each other and we have fun. And that is the number one lesson as a married couple. Totally. Keep the fun in the oh relationship. Keep the friend in the relationship. Yep. Yep. If it's all about the kids, it's just going to destroy everything. Amen. Go ahead. No, you just got to remember, <laughs> well, why did you get married to this person in the first place? Because you enjoyed being with them. Because you fell in love. It's because you. it has to be more than just the way you, you like the way they look. And look, that doesn't go away for me because I love the way he looks, but... Through the hard times, our friendship has brought us through it. It's like I can find this comfort, this rest, this just relaxation when we actually spend time together, when we actually talk. Go back to that. If you're having issues in your marriage, go back to just having fun. God will work out all the other issues. Those are things you guys can talk about, but don't you don't have to over-talk about those things. Have wisdom. Talk to um, your leaders. Talk to your pastors. Get counsel, but... You guys have to go back to being friends. That is so, so important. And that yeah. was the whole value of wanting to get married anyways. You get to spend the rest of your life with your best friend. Yeah. Let them be your best friend again. And, and a good point, a good part of the friendship is our next point, which is talk to each other. Talk to each other to unwind. Talk to each other. And, and when you're talking, don't be afraid to correct each other. Yeah. Don't be afraid to encourage each other. Build the depth in the relationship. Have a conversation about things going on in your life. Figure out where each other are at, but but talk yeah. to each other about everything. Please communicate. Amen? Yeah. I think it's really important for... I make it a point for me and Thomas that I compliment him. I encourage him. I say nice things to him. Go out of your way to be that person for your spouse. Like, yeah. Because who else is going to do it? Yeah, and, and what really lends into that is our next one, which is... Don't look for ways to be served. Serve your spouse. Mm -hmm. Take time out of your day to take care of them. Like if they've had a really rough day and oh my gosh, I'm just going through it. Give them a shoulder rub. Give them a foot rub. Oh, but their feet stink. Who cares? They do stuff. Anyways, uh, listen, I, I'm sure you don't always smell great, okay? <laughs> and there's a lot of things that happen. Anyways, I, I, I don't want to be inappropriate for people. But anyways, you know what? I'm sure you always don't smell that great. Rub their feet, okay? Uh, if they're having a rough day, put their... Put the TV show on that they want to do. Um, maybe, hey, you know what? You're, you're, you're having a diet and you've been doing really good and you're having a really rough day. Let's go out and get some ice cream. What? No, I can't bring my diet. You know what? You need it tonight. Do it. Yeah. Who cares? You've been doing really good. You're having a really rough time. Let's go out and get you some ice cream, okay? Now, if they start abusing it, then that's when you got to put your foot down. But look for ways to serve your spouse. Yeah. Well, Jesus, you are jesus like we he is our example you are not jesus sorry jesus yeah, whoa, is our example. heresy <laughs> if someone just takes that one clip it's like boulevard church believes you Quote, are jesus Jesse, you are jesus heretical church preaches <laughs> no. doctrine that you are jesus okay amelia uh, what time are we at 35 Ooh, girl okay keep going keep going we got time you are called to be like jesus jesus came on earth to serve not to be served you are supposed to be like jesus in every situation in your life especially in your marriage 
serve your spouse and you can say well he doesn't do this to me and i don't feel appreciated whatever it doesn't matter because we weren't called to be served we were called to serve look for opportunities to serve your spouse and that can even be in kindness you don't feel like you want to be kind to me be kind anyways sacrifice that's why it's so important as you as a single person if you are single um to learn these values before you are married because it's going to be a lot harder when you are married be kind um take the pressure off of them for every little detail of your life that you want fulfilled in them like just be like god yeah and if i can throw in a little addition here before we go down to our final point something that we actually hadn't written in our notes but um i think it's incredibly important you are married to your spouse you're not married to your parents to your siblings to your friends We're gonna get into the parent section later, but like, let's jump. Let's jump ahead a little bit. You're not married to your kids. You're married to your spouse. Don't let people run your marriage. This is your marriage. If they want to give you advice that is not biblical, don't listen to yeah. it. Don't listen to it. What? They're not gonna save your marriage. You have to fight for your marriage. It doesn't matter if people have your back and they're supporting you and they're trying to make your marriage better. I think that's incredible. But you need to be the one who fights for your marriage. You can have all the support in the world. And if you don't want your marriage to work, it will crumble and fall apart. You have to want it. It has to come from you. Well, actually, it comes from God. But he places that desire within you and that's where it springs out of. Don't let people into your marriage and try to run your marriage. It's your marriage. Fight for it. Love it. Be a part of it. If there's an issue, get it fixed. But finally, going on into our final point of marriage... This is something Jesse and I had a real talk about because I brought it up. I thought it was a great point. And she said, well, we don't necessarily do this all the time. So this is an area that God has recently checked us on. Mm-hmm. Push each other towards greatness. If you know your spouse has something to achieve in life, push them to it. Yeah. You know, and that's the whole thing of don't look for ways to be served. Serve your spouse. You know what? It doesn't matter if I don't succeed in all these areas. I want you to succeed in all these Amen. areas. Amen. But that's how we should be towards the world. It's not about us. It's about them. And look, it's, sometimes it's very, very hard to do that because I like to be lazy. I just like to do whatever. And Thomas is like, oh, I don't want to work out. Oh, I don't want to write today. And then I'm just like, oh, sounds good. But it's like, how am I helping him achieve his goals, his dreams, the things that God has promised him? If he's not walking towards those things and I'm enabling him, even if I'm not saying, oh, you can't accomplish that, which of course I would never say. But if I'm even not helping him to achieve those goals, like I'm just as bad yeah but let's move forward right so we've talked a lot about singleness about dating and about marriage for most people all this stuff leads into an amazing amazing place where your life changes forever and it's never ever 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 the same until you this is my favorite one until you die not to be morbid but you know that's how it is parents the fourth and final stage of relationship in my opinion you become parents. And of course, oh, well, then we become grandparents. Great. Awesome. Let's just talk about being parents because that's just kind of an offshoot of parents. Also, I have no idea because I'm not a grandparent. So I'm not going to talk to you about being a, a grandparent. When it comes to parenting, right, and Jesse and I really had to figure this one out. And our son's only a year and uh, is only 16 he's months so old. so cute. And he's so cute. He's the cutest child that has ever existed. This, The first lesson we've really had to learn is our kids are not our whole life. Mm-hmm. 
our marriage is still important. Amen. And I think a lot of relationships out there, once they have kids, it all falls apart. They stop dating. They stop loving each other. They stop hanging out. They stop being friends. They stop watching TV. They stop reading books. They stop playing games. They stop going on walks. They stop going out and eating meals. They stop sharing jokes. They, they, They begin to hate that other person. They stop taking care of themselves. They stop doing all these things, right? And they just cause, and it just snowballs into this massive thing. And Jesse and I have had plenty of fights in the last year and four months. Um, just because we have a son and I feel neglected or she feels like I'm not supporting her. And again, it goes back to talking to each other. Talk to each other. We talked about mm-hmm. things. And then we went and we talked to other people, right? Get advice from people. And we got advice from people. And, and we're doing much better now. But, man, our mm-hmm. kid is not our life. Mm-hmm. He is a large portion of it. But he is not our yeah. life. Our marriage is important. Yeah. Statistically speaking, if Jesse and I continually ha- continue to, to, to work on our marriage and have a good marriage, Johnny will do better in life. Amen. And all the rest of our children that we will have will do better in life with a supported family <laughs> unit, with a good and proper nuclear family, basically, which there's a lot of people out there who are trying to take that down, and I think that's really dumb. Statistically, that's awful for children. Yeah. We've got a really, really, really good family going on here, and we've had to work for it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. It is so much better when a child sees a good relationship with parents. And I promise you, even if you pretend, oh, we're going to go behind closed doors or my child's young, they're not seeing us. They remember stuff and they're being around that atmosphere of you guys not liking each other. And like Thomas said, you need to fight for your marriage, but fight for the fun in your marriage. Sometimes we have to fight for um, going back to being in love with God and saying, Look, I'm a Christian. I do all these Christian things. I need to go back to being in love with Jesus. I can't forget my first love. Jesus, of course, is your first love. You got to fight for that sometimes. No, I don't care what I feel like. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm going to spend time with the Lord because I'm going to fight for my relationship with Christ. You got to do the same thing with your relationship with your spouse. I'm going to fight for the fun. I'm going to fight for the love because that friendship, that love that me and Thomas have for each other has brought us through. The fights, they never last long. Even when there are arguments and then it's easier to be like, you know what, God, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to apologize and or whatever it is. We can come into agreements a lot easier for our son's sake because we're in love and we fight for it. Yeah. And when we're in a bad mood or when we're mad at the other person, we know the ways to get the other person to laugh and not be able to stay mad, which has happened quite a bit. Um, Our our next point of being a married, uh, of being parents, right? Um. You are a team, and here's an important thing. You have to share values on raising your kids. Amen. Uh, you need to discuss this before you, you have kids and while you are pregnant and while you still have them. But you need to talk about the values you're going to raise your children oh, in, yes. and you need to be united, and you need to talk right. about this often. If you are not agreed on it, right, what does the Bible say? It says if, if two are not agreed, then how can they walk together, right? If me and Jesse aren't agreed on how we're going to raise our kid, our kid is going to be so confused. And an issue is many people are grown up in split households or they're grown up where their parents hate each other or any number of things, right? And, I mean, a lot of people are environment are products of that. I mean, we, we've all experienced that quite a bit, um, so much to the point where this person believes in one religion, this person believes in no religion, this person is a Democrat, this person is a Republican, this person's a Libertarian, right? This person is an anarchist, right? This person's any number of these things, right? And you're gonna have this child who's confused on what to do, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Share values on how you're going to raise your children. Obviously, your kids are going to make their own responsibilities, their own decisions. I had Aaron Rosenberg call me and ask me what I would do if my son came out and told me that he was a homosexual. You know, it's like, you know, it doesn't stop me from raising my son in a certain way. He's going to make his own decisions, even if I don't agree with them. But I'm still going to raise my son in a certain way. And if he doesn't appreciate it, he doesn't want to walk according to it, that's his decision, right? But it's not going to stop yeah. me from raising him and his siblings in a certain manner. And Jesse and I have to agree on it. Yep. And we have to be united, and we have to talk about it regularly. I'm going to tell you, it's very wrong for for two people in a marriage, and then one, the parent goes to work, or the mom goes away for a little bit and say, oh, I'm going to do this, but we're not going to tell your mom, or I'm not going to tell your dad. And it's like, where's the unity? And then the child will favor one of the parents, and like that's not or good either. when the other parent goes around, and they badmouth the other parent <laughs> behind their kids' backs. Oh, so bad. Or, hey, I'm even going to say this right now, something um, that I've seen quite a bit with a lot of split households, and I don't, I'm not attacking anybody, but I do not care. Um, uh, I'm going to say this because I've seen this affect a lot of people's lives. If you're in a split household, do not talk bad about the other parent. Yeah. That affects the child a lot more than you think. And that's their parent. They love That is them. their parent. And that's so hard for them to feel the tug of war between dad doesn't like mom, mom doesn't like dad. That hurts them because yeah. they want to please you. They're your kids. And when they get older, they'll 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 see it. They'll figure it out, right? Uh, many children do. When they get older, they finally see their parents through an adult's eyes, right? I get a lot of times where I'm like, oh, my parents were dumb. And then I got older, older and I was like, holy crap. They were actually pretty right about a lot of things, right? Like I used to think my dad was just rude. And then I was like, ah, oh, you know, he's rough around the edges, but he was really right about certain things. Um, but anyways, moving forward, um, when it comes to being parents, you know, it really going on with that unity thing about being united together and not talking smack about each other, always having each other's back when it comes to, uh, to raising the children properly is have fun with your kids as a couple. I don't want it to be, oh, dad's home, now we get to have fun, right? Or, oh, cool, mom's home, now we get to have fun. It's cool, mom and dad are going to yeah. take us to the park. Mom and dad are going to take us to Cowabunga Bay. Mom and dad are going to take us to the mall. They're going to take us to the movies. Whatever. Yeah, I'm talking about, in the name of Jesus, a post-COVID um, America, hopefully. You know what I mean? <laughs> but we get to go do all these things together. And you know what that... need to see a healthy marriage. Yeah. And you know what that looks like? It looks like not being a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really hard thing to yeah. hear. But that looks like not being a workaholic. And that looks like sacrificing your own personal hobbies at times and that looks like many things yeah. but it's worth it you know build the family unit and show it its importance and when your kids grow up they're going to see how important a tight-knit family was they may whine about it until they're 19 years old but man when they're 22 23 24 they start to go out uh, uh get married and have their own kids they're going to look back and go oh my goodness my parents showed me how important family is All right. And then our final point when it comes to being a parent, and really just the final point of the entire sermon, um, support each other. Don't grow jealous. Amen. There's a lot of periods of time where Johnny gets really excited to see me, <laughs> and he's been a total brat to Jesse all day. And she goes, you know what? I'm not going to think that he prefers Thomas. I just understand the fact he's been with me all day. Or Grandpa will show up at the house, and Johnny will forget all about me. Right? I thought I was his favorite. Then he goes over to, to Grandpa, and he ignores me. Won't even look at me. I'll make noises. 
Right, I have to get into He'll his face goodbye. to get right, a kiss. Right, right, right. Yeah, as soon as he sees Grandpa come in, he turns and just waves like, goodbye at me. And it's like, bro, you're not even leaving right now. Or some days he'll come and visit, and it's like, you're not even going with him today. And it's this whole thing of like, we can't grow jealous. Yeah. You know, if the kids are listening to Jesse more, cool, I'm going to support her. Yes. And then when it flips and the kids listen to me more, she's going to support me. Yes. But we can't sit there and go, oh, well, well i got to make it so I'm the favorite parent. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. We're one. Mm-hmm. We are the parents. Amen. It's not just mom over here and dad over here. The parents. Amen. There's a division and it has to stop. But that's why that's the, the um, support comes in so good where it's like dad said this. Okay, whatever Thomas said first, I'm going to back him up. If I don't agree with it in the moment, we'll go talk about it later. We'll not talk about it later. Yes, yeah. it's no big deal. It doesn't like, need to be dealt with right then and there. You are the servant. Um, you're supposed to be like Christ. Like don't tug a war your kids because you feel like you what you are thinking is more important than what your spouse said. Be supportive of each other. Whatever dad said, whatever mom said, I'm going to support it. Don't try to go through this back and forth and then, I know what you're doing, kids. You better stop it. So yeah. We have to be unified. It's teaching the kids so much more than you say. It doesn't matter if they're eight years old, four years old, two years old. You're growing them. You're teaching them these values and you're being an example. Yeah, and kids are smart. They pick up on things like that, and they mimic your behavior. They mimic things you say. Uh, like my son walks around the house, and he, he if he finds a phone, he'll put it on his ear, hold it in his shoulder, and he'll pace around in circles because that's how I talk on the phone. And he's 16 months old, and I'm like, ah, and he and he says things I say. He never says things that that I want him to say. He says things that he'll hear me say one time, and it's something I don't want him to repeat. Yes. I'll let your imagination run wild with that one, okay? It's not a bad word. <laughs> but just in closing, in conclusion, blah, 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 whatever, right? Just to sum it all up, a relationship is important. I think most people are called to be in a relationship. The Bible actually talks about mm-hmm. celibacy as a gift, right? That it's a gift of the Spirit, right? That Not a lot of people are called to it. You get a lot of people out there who are... Like, oh, I think I'm just called to singleness. And it's like, okay, well, really pray about that. You know, because Peter wasn't about it, but, but Paul was. Peter was not called to singleness. Paul was. So there's definitely bents going on there. But just pray. Just just pray about it and sink it out. But regardless, while you're single, focus on God. Choose God every single day. Focus on becoming the person God has called you to be. I know it's hard, so talk about it with people. Be there. Man, talk to people. When you're dating, don't just date just to have fun. It's going to ruin you and it's going to hurt other people. Like if you end up being with someone else and marrying them and they watched you just date and have fun and be a fool with this person, that causes insecurity in the relationship. When you're married, don't stop being friends. Don't stop being friends. Have fun and talk about your problems. And when you're parents, I say it again, don't stop being friends. Why did you even like this person in the first place? It doesn't go away once the ring is on the finger. It doesn't go away once you have a couple kids. It's still there. Mm-hmm. You have to nourish it and grow it. Don't let people into your marriage and and, 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 and take it over. It's mm-hmm. your marriage. Fight for it. And above all else, talk to people. Make God the center of it. Pray to God about your marriage together and separate. Ask him for help and go around and talk to people who have failed, mm-hmm. people who have succeeded. Just talk to people about it. You have resources and you have help. Go to them. In closing, we just actually want to pray for you guys. If you're in a difficult situation, whatever your four seasons is, uh, 
we just want to pray for you. There is nothing God can't do. He can do anything. He can change every situation. But you're still called to be faithful to the Lord first and foremost and be a servant. And so don't forget that. But we're going to pray for you guys and we're going to close. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for every single person, married couple, uh, someone dating, and parents, Lord God, we just lift them up to you right now, Lord God, and we thank you, Father God, that there's nothing, Lord God, that you are wasting in their life, Lord God, regardless if they feel like they've been far from you or they've been fighting, they've been going through hard situations, God, that it's all of value to you, that you can change it for your glory and for their good according to your will, for those who love you and called according to your purpose. God, we lift them up to you and we pray, God, for a blessing. We pray, Holy Spirit, for married couples, for the love to come flooding back, Lord God, the fun to come flooding back, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you are everything that we need, Lord God through every season. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, love you guys. Um, go ahead and break up into your groups and talk about the sermon. But just um, this, this this applies to so many people. There, there, there's a lot here. It's just kind of testimonies and life lessons we've learned uh, throughout the years, just kind of going through it. Um, just enjoy your time with God. Whatever stage you may be in, make God the very center of that. And He's going to magnify it. He's going to make it incredible. He's going to make it unforgettable. And it's just going to be so fulfilling. And it may not look that way in the moment. But looking back, oh, you're going to see the fruit of when you sowed. When you sowed. When you sowed when you were single and dating and married without kids and then married with kids. It's incredible. So uh, God bless you guys. And uh, someone else will be preaching next week. But I don't know if that's already been announced Mystery. or not. So I'm not going to go ahead and spoil that. But anyways, love you guys, love and you. God bless you. Have a good day.